0: Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Jake, Jake Johansson. Hi, it's the Jake, this, of Jake Johansson Podcasts. You knew that. It's me again, episode 71. Pretty exciting. Who knew that this was going to go on as long as it's gone on? I didn't, but I now I hope it goes on forever, forever and ever. But nothing is forever, you know that, and I know that. But we still, we, li- we live our lives as if everything is forever, don't we? Uh, we worry about things as if they're going to go on forever, and uh, we... Well, it's mostly worrying. It's mostly, you know, what I, I think. You, I think I'm really, I've really hit on something here. It's mostly negative things that we think are going to go on forever, and positive things that we just assume are going to uh, come to an end. And that is, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's just me. What if that was just me and all of you listening were just super positive all the time? And this was the first time, the first time that it even occurred to you that really these great times are going to come to an end someday. What if that was you? Oh. I wish I was you. That's what if now you've, now I'm jealous. Now I'm envious of you. Um, you know what? Let's be together. Let's, let's be jealous and envious. And, uh, uh, what's the other thing? What's the opposite of jealousy? I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, whatever it is, you can uh, come and experience it with me in person, Uh, On uh, November 29th through December 1st If you live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida I'm going to be at the Improv down there Fort Lauderdale, November 29th through December 1st And then I keep telling you about this Because there are still tickets available And I want you to come to the taping of my next uh, comedy special It's December 5th through 8th in Cleveland, Ohio At Hilarities And Hilarities is a great place If you live anywhere within even a couple hundred miles of Cleveland, I suggest you get a hotel and come up and just have fun at Hilarities. There's a great restaurant there, the Pickwick and Frolic, and also I'm taping this special, the new material, December five through eight, Cleveland Hilarities. That's it for the plugs for this week. As always, I am the main sponsor of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast, uh, and all, yes, and also again, thank you, Julie. <laughs> For sending me a check because the paypal button on my website is still uh in the works why why wasn't that done why isn't that done today well it is not such a great day here at the uh pod- podatorium because uh, the water heater blew out and i didn't find out that the water heater blew out it didn't actually blow out if you've ever had a water heater go out and it blows out that is terrible when that happens. And that's not what happened to me. It didn't just bleed out all over the floor of my utility room or or the, the place where it is. It's not in a utility room. It's in a place, well, it's where, it's where the paint is stored, not right next to the water heater. That would be dangerous, but you know, all that crap is in the same part of the house. Anyway, um, the water heater, there was some problems. It was, it was draining into another storage room where I had some, uh, you know, receipts and old, you know, bank statements and whatnot. So those now are finally going to be able to be thrown away because they're soaking wet. Uh, When I opened up this room, there was some water leaking out, and my wife uh, said, you know, I think you should check that. There's Something's wrong in there. And I had to... The door door was swollen shut with moisture, and when I opened it, hot water had been leaking in there, and it had been kind of flowing out underneath the door into the outdoors. And the whole room was, like, steamy, so things got wet. The the drain was going onto the floor, but it was hot water, so then it caused a steam in the room, and then there was condensation on the roof, and so it was raining on top of these receipts for, you know, I hate to admit it, ladies and gentlemen, but possibly for a week and a half or more. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was not good. It was not good in that room, and I'm not proud of the accident that happened here at my house, but uh, I had got the plumber out, and it w- I thought it was just the valve on the top of the water heater, but then it turned out that once that was replaced, once I'd paid, uh, well, the clock had been running on the plumber for a couple hours to, to fix that, they couldn't get the water heater relit. They couldn't get the pilot light to relit because the little sparky... Alpezio electric thing that sparks and lights it. That was shot. And so he said, well, that's not a huge deal. I got one right here. There's, you know, it's like 10 bucks, but it's probably going to take me a half hour to put it in. And I said, okay, then he gets in there and the water heater has got it reverse threaded. The, the, the thread that this little $10 part goes on. It's, you can't use a 10 dollar part cuz you need the other special part that's reverse threaded but there've been lawsuits about why the hell would you make a reverse threaded thing and so they don't make the reverse threaded thing anymore in fact they don't make the water heater like this anymore it was a planned it was a planned we're going to screw you later when you have to buy this little part thing but then It backfired on them because people were so mad that the federal government got involved and sued them. So they don't make this water heater anymore. They don't make the reverse threaded part that you used to fix it. So the whole water heater has to be replaced. Basically because the little hole where you would have used to put the match in is now an electric push button thing that they made into a proprietary thing that uh, you can't buy the proprietary thing anymore so the whole giant water heater has to be replaced and uh, that's what's happening right now as some of my tax records um, dry out in the sun so how's your day (laughs) ladies and ladies and gentlemen um thanks for listening to the jake this of jake johansson podcast and thanks for putting up with me explaining a plumbing problem to you that you probably could care less about if you're still here My guest this week is Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, and you may know Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald uh, because he may be your veterinarian in Denver, or you may have seen him on, I believe it's Animal Planet Emergency Room Veterinarians. He is an awesome guy. I asked him to describe how he looks at the beginning of the episode because I was hoping that he would say, um, he looks a little bit like a biker version of Captain Kangaroo, if you can remember who Captain Kangaroo is. Anyway, he's, he's a sweet person. He's a, I've been friends with uh, Kevin for a long time, Dr. Kevin. I don't think I have to call him Dr. Kevin, but that's how everyone else addresses him, Dr. Kevin. He's, he is a very funny comedian. He is also a doctor of veterinary medicine and a practicing veterinarian. And uh, he's, he's an environmentalist, and he travels all around the world to uh, studying and helping animals and also people. So I sat down with him backstage at the comedy works in Denver, where I was working. And we had a little conversation. Unfortunately, there were some people also having a loud conversation right outside the door. And and one of them, Denver comedian, Chuck uh, Roy pops in for a little guest. Hello during the podcast. And uh, I hope that that adds to the charm of this conversation, which was very interesting to me. And I hope that you enjoy it. And I wish that I had more time to talk to you now, but, uh, I'm going to go and see if I can dry out some of my possessions before it gets dark or find a place indoors besides the place where they used to be that is now all wet to put them. So, without further ado, here is a conversation that I had with Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald.
1: So, it's just voice? Yeah, it's
0: just voice. We don't have video Unfortunately, describe yourself.
1: How do you look? Libra. 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 Yeah, You're a Libra. Yeah. When's your birthday? Uh, September twenty-third. And, and then ask me what year. <laughs> Go ahead. What year? Every year. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be in my ex. So
0: you know what? You've got, you've got <laughs> so many classic jokes. What year? Every year.
1: <laughs> Sometimes so sort of stupid. So, but what are the characteristics of Libra? We're supposed to be well balanced, you know, the scales or whatever. But that, that can't be. And I mean, do you think it's true or no? No, no. That stuff. I mean, you know that that stuff. The,
0: the <laughs> well, I'm not stuff. a big astrology thing, no. but, guy, but. I've got a neighbor who is really into it. And she she's swears by. I had a guy tell me one time that the reason, he was like, astrology is real. And the reason that I believe it is because, you know why cows um, get along so well with each other? It's because they're all born at the same time of year. <laughs> But you're a veterinarian, so you can tell me even if that's true. Are cows born at the same time of year?
1: Well, they are. That's really true. That's really true. I mean, yeah, they're all they're all born. You know, but do you think they, they, that's why they get along with each other? Well, that and they got a brain the size of a golf ball. <laughs> you know, so cows are not they, smart, are they? They don't Kevin? do a lot of math problems. No. Not a lot of higher math. You know, they don't worry about about things. But you know, they're pretty basic. You know, I, whales are cows. You know, whales are. are uh, related to cows that went secondarily, you know, marine.
0: So well, wait. Did the but are, did the whales come out of cows and go back into the ocean, or were the did the cow are the cows whales that came onto
1: land? No, the, the the whales are cows that went back in the ocean. Really? Yeah.
0: How, how does that happen?
1: Evolution, baby. I get evolution, yeah, but know, I mean, time, describe it. Spell e- it out for me. Time's arrow. <laughs>
0: you know, time's arrow. But we all came out of the ocean, right? That's that's my understanding There are cases
1: yeah. There's people yelling outside. We, we, all, we all came out of the ocean, but, but some went back. You know, turtles, sea turtles went back. So t- sea turtles are not animals...
0: They were in the it. ocean that they developed a shell. No, they're land animals. They were tortoises yeah. that then went yeah. back into the went sea. back
1: and exploited a the, the new niche, yeah. The first turtles had only only a... a the, the shell is is actually pretty interesting. You know, it's not dead, it's living. And it's it's a modified rib cage. And so what it did evolutionarily is, is it's fused ribs. And the beginning was just half the body. And then it just went to... Oh, it was the bottom, fossil. like the front half. Yeah, so the the first fossil... T- uh, tortoises that we have anything with a shell is a turtle and terrestrial turtles are tortoises and so the, the, the there's only uh, most of the the turtles we have are aquatic you know and and you know because of that shell they use it to use the water to to support them but but uh the first turtles we have are kind of like uh Armadillo kind of things where their their half their legs were still out the, the the pelvic girdle their bottom legs were were still uh-huh. out and then it covered their just their pectoral girdle first and then the pelvic girdle so yeah turtles are pretty interesting they're the oldest reptile
0: well that is interesting because I always thought that uh, that for example box turtles which I had when I was a, a kid as a as a pet that yeah. I caught in the woods of right. Tennessee yeah we catch these box turtles and i always thought well, it's really they're a tortoise, but yeah a tortoise but yeah. I, but i always thought those are more advanced than or l- less according to you than those those leatherback turtles that you that are in the ocean yeah the box turtles were first and the leatherback yeah. turtles right. came after yeah. as opposed to the other way around
1: yeah there's there's a uh, there's six kinds of of uh of sea turtles, you know, there's leatherbacks and there's hawksbills, there's greens and ridleys and, and Kemp's and and uh, loggerheads. So they're they're cool. And our, our buddy down in Florida, you know. Uh, Doug Mader has done all the stuff where there's a virus in the water now causing these fibropapillomas, these tumors. So I go down there once a year and and help him, let him come. He stays up here, goes to ball games and goes skiing. And then I go down and and do the surgery with the laser and cut cut out the things for him. He's a great guy. He's done a a lot of good work down there. He lives in the Keys. And what are you cutting out of the turtles? Tumors. You know, they get these tumors from the water. There's a herpes virus, and only the turtles get it, and it makes them uh, it makes them blind. They're, they're huge t- uh, tumors, and, and they, oh my they God. cover them. And then, oh, but you get them before they're huge, right? Or no, we get them, them when off? they're huge. The, the fishermen bring them in, you know. And can the turtles survive that? They can. They can. You cut them off with a laser. If, as long as they're not inside, we take a look inside with an endoscope and make sure they're not in the lungs, you know. So Mater's been doing it for years. There's a turtle hospital in Marathon, and he's the veterinarian for them. Marathon Key is the middle? Yeah, it's it's about 31 miles from Key West. It's about halfway down from Key Largo first, you know, in the Everglades. Yeah, so it's in the middle. And he's done a lot with the Everglades with uh, pythons, you know, that are secondarily, you know, wild there now, going crazy. Yeah, I was was watching that on YouTube uh,
0: a, a little while ago because... I had, uh, Steve Gastineau on the podcast and he was talking about, you know, he was in an episode of Python versus Gator and that got me into, on the National Geographic thing and that got me into looking on YouTube about these pythons. I mean, yeah. I knew they were loose, but it's a real problem. Well, it's it? a
1: real problem. It isn't like people thought that people released them. What happened was in 1997, Hurricane George, uh, you know, hit and, and, uh, a, a pet store, a pet store supply place, had 385 pythons, and they just got washed into the Everglades. And then, with no predators, they just took off. Oh, really? So That's it's not
0: it's, it's not, not people, people them. releasing them. It's this hurricane yeah, that blew out a pet
1: store, it, yeah. and, and you know, just seeded you know over 300 animals. And so no predators. They just you know now they find each other and get huge. And there's really once they get to a certain size, nothing can you know do anything. Because they can eat a, an alligator, right? Oh yeah, they could. They could.
0: You know, but but uh. And what's going to happen with that? My wife is uh, you know getting this degree in environmental studies, and so. She's taking a class right now about invasive species. You know, kudzu is kudzu is the big one. K-
1: kudzu is the big one. There's also the, um, those. Ca- what's those that duck carp? The, the, the big that weird Chinese there's fish. Asian carp. Yeah. In The Mississippi. There's there's uh, zebra mussels. Yeah. The, taken over in the and the, in the, the the zebra mussels came uh, from from the uh, Baltic on the bottom of ships into the into the Great Lakes. And so you can see them around water intake things where it's like five or six inches deep. These things and and what they do is they filter and siphon the water, and so they're taking out a lot of the little microscopic thing that the mm-hmm. fish eat, you know. And so it, it's it's incredible invasive species. The first one I ever became aware of was I did a survey for uh, the American Museum of Natural History with with David Chizar, who just died. Uh, he was my professor, and we went to Guam and we did a thing and, and for about the reptiles of Guam. And, and well, those snakes, yeah, they got the there. snakes, and then we we didn't see him, you know. And then a classmate of mine, we we were there in '78, and then in '81 a classmate of mine. That was uh, had been in the Peace Corps in vet Vetsko had gone to take pigs to Guam. He goes, you know, a lot of the native birds are gone. He goes, there's an egg eater there. There's there's a snake. No, no, you know there, there weren't snakes. We we went, you know. He goes, no, nah, there's something, and so went down with Chizar eighty or eighty one and. and uh, you know, he goes, maybe a nocturnal snake. And there's the cloud forest, you know, above the, the floor of the jungle. And, and uh, so uh, the band, was there was a band, and and, I, and my brother was with me. And I said, uh, you know, take, uh, get the Dan Electro from the band, you know, the big lights, and, and we'll pull them up in there.
0: Because you were doing, that's when you were doing uh, security for bands on the road, right? Yeah,
1: and, and so... Uh, they pulled put me up into the into the top, and I said, "You know, leave me up there for about an hour." And about one o'clock in the morning, turn the lights on, and so we turn the lights on, and man, I could see, you know, five or six snakes, you know, in every direction, you know. And it's a uh-huh. big snake. They're from Australia. They came in wood in shipments of. What are they garbage. called? They're they're like gray they're, snakes, they, or no? It's a it's a um, it's a, 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 a brown tree snake, you know. And, and uh, it's it's a uh, man. It's it's um. They're really aggressive. They're well, from, now they go out and get uh, in the landing gear of planes, and, yeah, make and then it, they go yeah. to Hawaii. They've, they've yeah. caught them in the landing gear of planes and then shipments to Hawaii. But they they just took over the brown tree snake, yeah. And and they just they uh, they got no predators. And it's really funny because in in Australia they don't get very big, but they get five to eight feet in, in you know in Guam. And yeah, then, then the, there were a lot of ground-dwelling birds, and and so they just you know eat the eggs and eat the young. And
0: well, it's it. funny because Australia now is plagued by rabbits that the English brought over, right. and New Zealand is plagued by possums from Australia. They're a, they're endangered in Australia, and then they're a pest in New Zealand. You know, that's really weird. It's it's kind of crazy, and and really, the real pest is kind of us because most of these species are being transported by us the pet store that released these pythons yeah, by
1: accident yeah, in by, the hurricane in florida is from us in patagonia they they brought beaver to hunt and they've just gone crazy and so now they're a pest you know they're really destructive to the the natural woods and, and uh, in antarctica when i was down there we were doing uh from the uh, North American Veterinary Society we were, we were looking at penguins and garbage ingestion, styrofoam and different plastics. And so we, um, uh, I, I, we were looking at these penguins and, and looking at stomach contents and stuff. And, and, and I go, man, it looks like rat poison. It looks like rat poison. And this Argentinian, we're at this Argentinian base and that Argentinian soldier said, uh, Argentinian sailor goes, uh, well, it is rat poison. We put rat poison out, you know, for, for the rats. I want rats. And, and uh, English whalers. They come off the ships, right? I've seen them swim ashore, and the captains go, oh, you know, they're going to freeze. But they didn't. That was in 1912 when the last whalers were down there. And, and so what they've done is they've gone into the ice. And made these runways, and then they come out and grab the penguin eggs, and the penguins got no defense against them. the mother the penguins. Never seen a rat, so what the, what the,
0: what's that guy? <laughs> you know? Wow! So there's yeah. rats on Antarctica. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we spread things, so, so you know, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these things are great stowaways. You know, like, it's us, but the, but we're the problem. We're the real we're, problem. We're I, the mean, problem like I mean, particularly. I mean, I'm not to be hard on human beings, but well, there's too many people. Half the people who're ever alive on the planet are alive tonight. And half the people alive tonight are under 25. So, you know, it's just... In in other species, when they get too many, there's natural checks and balances, viruses. or You know, I think there's a big virus coming. I think so. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when you get into that post-apocalyptic thing,
0: I I feel like there could be a... There could be a virus like the Ebola virus, which I think is what you're talking about. Well,
1: I don't think it's going to be well, like then, that. I think that, it's going to be more like a flu thing because if you think, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the Spanish flu in 1918, you know, 600,000 Americans died. And, and so if you look proportionally, like one out of four Americans got it and one out of four that got it died. And, you know, there's a great book called The Great Influenza. Oh, I uh, read that book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, really good. It killed, like Denver General, it, it's in that book, you know, at the hospital here, killed all the doctors and nurses in two weeks. They're all dead. You know, and, and so there, there was nowhere to go. You couldn't go to the hospital. Uh, yeah. My cousins, the McConaughey's have a, have a, a funeral home here, and there's pictures from the flu. They didn't have enough space in there, so they put people out in the snow. You know, and, they, and that was they but them. that was a real.
0: What was the percentage of people that passed away? The population
1: one it out of like, four got what? it, and one out of four one uh, one out of four that got it. But it uh, was 25 percent of 25 yeah, yeah. percent. So
0: it was a small. I mean, if 25 percent of the population died, that would that would be yeah. big, but still. Small. It's twenty-five yeah. cents off the dollar, yeah. but twenty-five percent of that twenty-five percent. It's really. The, I I don't think people really understand the staggering effect of even like if ten percent of the population was wiped out, yeah, yeah. which is more than what we're talking about. Yeah, that would be devastating, and and we would talk about it forever. But yes, that flu epidemic is one thing. And so maybe the Ebola, because that's such a catastrophic example. I mean, that that virus almost rules itself out because it's it too so it's fat- too lethal. It it's can't lethal, it can't know. pass itself on yeah, before.
1: Yeah, but you know, with such a uh, a transient, you know, the world population is so flexed. I mean, like you know, I shake hands with you tonight. Now you're going to go to Chicago, you know, for your next gig. And so I touch, you know. Uh, a bunch of skunks today, you know working with the the city and cutting the heads off these skunks and testing them for for rabies, so maybe they don 't have rabies, maybe they have something else, you know some weird skunk thing. well, tell I, me I, about the chickens with you you know. Well rabies is a, is a, a you know a fantastic disease if you think about it you know it's a perfect disease it's a virus it's spread by biting it gets into the salivary glands and the biting apparatus of the other animal turns their brain on to make them bite so it spreads more virus well you that's know.
0: you know you see these uh, because that—that's one of the post-apocalyptic scenarios that people like to, you know, in sci-fi and TV. Well, it's all the zombie
1: stuff, right? right. You know? Yeah, rabies is rabies film. is the for real zombie it's shit, dead. right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I think you know that that uh, you know if you look at some of these diseases. AIDS is a, is a bad thing, you know. This year, two million people worldwide will die of AIDS, but twenty five million people will die of of you know typhus, which is basically dirty water, you know, and, and diarrhea, you know. But there's not like a diarrhea quilt going town to town, you know. Nobody even talks about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you don't want you know. aid's is a horrible thing, and 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 but you with AIDS, you got to get really close, blood to blood, you know. With with influenza. You know, you sneeze on a, on your hand, touch the door, and then the next guy touches it. He gets on a plane. You know, he, he goes to Chicago, and then the people on the plane that are going to Chicago they go on to Buffalo or wherever, and then it spreads so fast. You know. But there, but
0: the weird thing about it is, it's not lethal to everyone who's exposed right, to it because right. there are people that's who, right. um, there are people who get exposed and they just have an immunity that's natural or developed
1: for whatever reason that don't die that's right that's right you know and and then that's what happened with the flu and the other thing that happens is these bugs are constantly changing too so by 1920 it mutated back to a, a non-lethal uh,
0: well because because that's its natural life course right because it it needs to be it needs to do what it needs to do, but if it kills too many people, too it fast. can't pass itself on. Right. It can't procreate right. fast enough. It I mean,
1: to, it can wait. You know, yeah, it, it can wait. You know, like in the old days, thirteen hundreds, fourteen hundreds. You know, people didn't move to the next town, so if an epidemic might happen in a town, they'd, they'd stay there. Nobody went. You know, if they didn't. They, people probably didn't go forty miles in their life. You know, but but now the way people travel. You know, so I think that some of these things are way older than they thought. You know, they thought that maybe, you know, AIDS are starting to see people in the fifties that you know uh, some of the uh, tissue samples you know the AIDS virus is there. So oh, really? Uh, yeah. For a long time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so that people were dying of it before people realized what it was. So mm-hmm. some of these things are older than than you think. So the thing for me that I think is scary, along with these things, is, is uh, resistance. You know, resistance for—I've been mean, in practice for 31 years, and the stuff that I used to use antibiotic-wise for cats and bacterial infections, the, the bacteria laugh at it now.
0: So well, it's evolution. We, we it's evolution. evolution. So We're not bugs, just evolving.
1: Yeah, these bugs are changing too, and they, they're constantly trying—you know, and testing things. You know, mm-hmm. so penicillin. Well, not to get—but they don't—they're not really conscious. That's a metaphor, but well, it, no, they're not conscious, but—but. But,
0: but a thing that doesn't work dies, night. and the thing that does work survives. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, and so what, what happens is penicillin punches a hole in the bacterial cell membrane. Okay? Uh huh. So now the membranes have evolved to have a goo on them, so it can't it can't punch. You know. It yeah. Comes, yeah. It comes, You know, or there's there's you know uh, coagulase uh, types of, of, of staph and strep that dissolve the uh, the, 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 the you know the antibiotic.
0: Well, what do you think about the whole aspect of, you know, sometimes I feel like all of this stuff, these antibiotic-resistant bacteria, these um, invasive species that we have brought upon ourselves, these diseases that are coming out of nowhere, you know, to potentially devastate us. What about the uh, kind of metaphor that those are the planets... um, a defense system Checks against there's too many people and it needs to reduce the the planet needs to reduce the
1: population of well human that's beings. Right. I mean you know I think most people would think that you know the planet's gonna sh- shake us off like you know water off a wet dog I'm afraid you know I I think that they'd go back to just being a you know this blue and, and green orb you know but but the, the problem is the, the extinction rate, you know, that's happening with, with with species. You know, there's 10 million other forms of life besides human beings. Yeah. You know, on, the, on the planet. And so... Oh, excuse me. So, oh, Chuck, you're a guest on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll step
0: out and please excuse me. <laughs> Chuck Roy. Oh, hi. Should I? I, I gotta go. I'm, I'm gonna go. say goodbye. All right. Pleasure having you. Sorry to interrupt.
1: <laughs> so... There's ten million other forms of life and 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 so you know, I I think that we have this kind of uh this arrogance, you know. I mean people have always tried to uh you know, ascend from nature when we, we're part of it, you know, we're trying to always conquer nature, you know, and, and do these things, and, and I think that that uh, we're poor stewards of the place, you know, when the extinction right now is a hundred times what it was at the end of the last big extinction thing with the dinosaurs, so a hundred times that, and, and I think that many people think by the mid-century it'll be a thousand times. And, and when these species disappear, you know, there's, there's charismatic megafauna that people really th- worry about. Like, oh, the polar bears and the whales and, and our wolves. But, but nobody, That's an
0: interesting term, charismatic megafauna.
1: But nobody thinks about, nobody thinks about you know, here in Colorado, I did a survey for the state. For the little boreal toad was here in every county in 2004. This last summer we couldn't find one, the whole state. You know, and, and the kidrid, really, the chytrid fungus—a uh, fungus—is in the soil that was never here before. People say the warming's not happening, you know, but I just got back from Antarctica. We saw an iceberg break off. It was seventy-seven thousand square miles. You know, An
0: iceberg, is, seventy-seven you know, thousand, square that. Se,
1: seventy-seven thousand square miles, and, and it, that's
0: just the the. Surface. Yeah, that's, not yeah, the, that's not the that's not the volume.
1: Yeah, and and you know and the thing's so big that it, it wedged into the you know into this, in the sea floor. But you know it's really happening. You know, and, and whether it's the, the biggest question is not whether it's happening is whether it's it's man made or is it a cycle. I don't think it's a cycle because you know there's grass growing in Antarctica now. And so it's never happened before. We have ice cores 150,000 years old, you know, and there's never been grassland before. At least for the 150,000. 100, 150,000, but how old is the Earth? Well, the Earth is old, but how old is Antarctica, you know? And so, it, you know, it's never been well, No, no, no I'm just
0: saying, I'm just saying yeah. we have a hard time accepting the premise as human beings. That this is a cycle. and that we, And that we're temporary. The Earth is not for us. We all kind of feel like... This is our planet, and we do what we want, and we're the dominant species right now. But the reality is, the Earth is going to shake us off, just like the Earth shook off the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs were the uh, predominant vertebrate species for right. sixty-five million years, yeah. and, and we haven't been around for <laughs> <And laughs> we, we go. You
1: can't even get a million years no, out of us. No, no. I, I, you know, we're, we're we're the first species that's been uh, a, a real. Uh, a geophysical force, you know, where where you know where you can see the, the destruction that, that we've you know we've, we've, we've wreaked and and you know what, they say that
0: well I feel like the dinosaurs maybe the dinosaurs dominated the planet because they were so but they didn't uh, destroy it no they were integrated
1: well they didn't they didn't have you know pollution and, and the things and the things that you know we've been responsible for you know I I still am uh, optimistic you know. I, I think that I'm, I'm seeing things, you know, the next generation, you know, is not going to thank us if we don't do anything. I think it's still a minute to midnight. You know, I just got back from Mongolia, and the Denver Zoo bought 77,000 uh, acres, uh, 87,000 actually, and gave it back to the Mongolians as a national... Uh, what
0: do you mean they bought it?
1: Who did they buy it from? The, the farmers and the government leased, mm-hmm. leased land, and, and, and over a period of time, and... and uh, and then manages it for the the Mongolians, and so there's this Ichnarth, this this park, and there's these endangered species there. Uh, the world's largest flying bird, the Cenarius vulture, eleven and a half foot wingspan. So I've so
0: that's bigger than an albatross.
1: Same an albatross, the condor, and about eleven and a half feet in a twenty five pound body is for a flight. That's about as big as you can be. You know, uh-huh. there's limits how big you can be and get off the ground. Yeah, yeah. But these vultures are so big that they can't. Take off from the ground. They gotta jump off something. You know, they gotta go climb up yeah, higher and then jump in that, off. That video that I, I gave you. You know. It, oh yeah. There's videos in that in in. Uh, but they're really they're really amazing because they've learned to move toward a gunshot. Why? When well, they know something's been shot and yeah. there's something dead.
0: Oh, they're gonna go eat yeah, it because yeah, yeah. they all feed vultures feed
1: on carrion, yeah, they're right? They're 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 so, but they've learned about gunshots, which is amazing how quickly animals can adapt to things. You know.
0: And but and they don't. They're not predatorial?
1: Mm-mm, only dead things. only hmm. dead things. The monks do this thing where they do this sky burial thing. where they, Yeah, yeah, like I've
0: heard of that. Well, so when you die, below. when a person dies, yeah, they, they, they put, put, them put them up on a, on a pla- uh,
1: pallet and, and uh, put them below. So the first time I saw it, there was this head with hair on it. And I asked the Mongolian kid I was working with, go, hey, you know, uh, Look and he goes, monk and I go, There are no monkeys here He goes, No, no, Buddhist monk, you know and I go, What? And then Oh, so they plucked the head off of the burial thing and off, dropped you know, it somewhere. Yeah, yeah the, they they came and ate the guy and you know, and you know, and then they say they go back into the the food chain you know they go back to nature you know it's a nice thing in a way I guess but well it's true you know, that's what happens right I know it's not very Irish though <laughs> you know we, we, <laughs> no. la- we lay them around for a long time have a wake and stuff you know and, and uh, the, the Jewish people you know they bury them quick you know they gotta be buried yeah. in 24 hours Irish people we got I remember walking by my, my grandfather's uh you know, casket. You know, have been there five or six days, and that reminds you I gotta throw those bananas away. You know. You know? And now, how do we end up talking about science? We should talk about your, your comedy, would No, no. I want to talk more about this
0: stuff. So, do you think you'll get? Uh, what do you think when you pass away? Would you get buried? I think about this for myself, and I've been leaning towards uh, cremation. But would you get buried or cremated? Or I, I kind of, am I'm, I'm a little bit between. The sky burial concept, but just, you know, get buried in a cloth sack without being embalmed so that you can integrate
1: yourself back into the world. Into the world. Well, I think you do anyway over time, you know, but... Sure. But um, being... I I grew up Catholic, you know, and and so it was was against the Catholic Church for cremation. You know, you couldn't do it. Now you can, you know... (laughs) And and uh, if, uh, so I think that, that for me, I mean, it, it doesn't make much difference when you you're gone, you know. And so, so
0: well, that's how I look to, at it yeah. too. Yeah, you're gone, you're done, and that's oh, somebody else's thing. Say,
1: well, I remember when my grandfather died, we didn't have enough money for a tombstone, so we just buried him with his head up. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> no, he he was on his deathbed, and he said, "Open the window." So I did, and he said, Get my bow and arrow. And so I did, and he said, Now I'm going to shoot this arrow wherever it lands, that's where I want to be buried. So we buried him above the closet. Wow. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
0: Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> it could be. You can't, it could be, sure. It could, could, be. could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. Well, that's one of the interesting things about you because now we've been talking about uh, animals and your scientific knowledge as a veterinarian, but you're also a comedian. That's how I met you because you also do stand-up. Yeah, we went skiing. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, we went skiing. Man, that was in the 90s. (laughs) I know. I know. We're old. I feel like I'm old and, uh, yeah, time passes. But... uh, before you were a comic, and before you were a veterinarian, you were a Golden Gloves boxing champion, right? Well, I don't know if I was a champion. I, I certainly boxed a lot, but but. Uh... Well, tell me about those days, because what years were those when you were doing boxing? And you didn't you tell me you would you used to fight in uh, smokers, the which song, I, I think people only people only now see that kind of shit in uh, either. Old movies or shows like, uh, what's that show about bikers where they ride around? I've been watching that on Netflix, but I can't even remember what it's called. But, you know, guys, like like they come and watch two guys fist fight.
1: Yeah, the, the smokers were, were uh, you know, the Denver police would have them, and so they would fight like another police department or fight the firemen, you know. And, and, uh, and so the, my... I grew up, they all boxed, I'm Irish, my 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 family, Irish people, and, and everybody boxed, my uncles, my father, and so my uncle, my mother's brother, was a, a boxing coach, you know, and so we all did it, you know, and it was kind of, they thought it was, you know, kind of sissy to wear a helmet, you know, <laughs> so you know it, I wouldn't if I ever helmet
0: you mean that thing yeah, that you wear when you are sparring
1: yeah yeah like a, yeah we didn't we wear helmets you know we wore helmets and, and uh we be lucky we had a mouthpiece you know and it was kind of like shake it off and put some dirt on it you know and, and so, <laughs> but we, we would soak our faces in, in salt water so we wouldn't get cut you know and then uh you know, we would put a, a lot of Vaseline on your face so the, the guys the would, would slip. punches would slip. And, and would you be fighting uh, bare knuckle or gloves? No, gloves, gloves, gloves. Never fought bare knuckle. And and then, uh, uh, so, you know, it, it, it was a good thing for confidence and stuff, I think, for a young guy. and, and But now when you think of it, you know, just being struck in the head. Ferdi Pacheco, the fight doctor, Ali's doctor, you know, said... Uh, You know, 30 fights or 30 years old, whatever came first, you should stop. You see these guys that stayed too long at the fair, and Mm -hmm. uh, they say that Ali's Parkinson isn't, you know, derived from boxing, but you know. Joe Frazier started to speak the same way, and, and Jerry Quarry, and you know, there's a, a dementia pugilistica, you know, a, a t- type of uh, dementia from fighting. And, and you know, my cousin, you know, he, he talks with a thick tongue, and to my brother, you know, kind of, rah, 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 you know, I mean, they, they kind of get thick tongued a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, you can't get hit in the head that much, you know. But, but, uh. What's your advice? Because I I feel
0: like there's a little bit of a culture of young men now who kind of feel like especially with the ufc which is entertaining but i th- i feel like there's a lot of young men now who feel like violence and punching and that 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 that's a way to solve problems and and I, I, it just feels like it's so dangerous from my conversations with you
1: well i've never Ever solved anything, you know, correctly? I mean, losing your temper or whatever, hitting somebody—we didn't, you know, end up having to, you know, go back and mend a lot of fences and, and you know, legally. I, I don't know. I think as we become more urban and more away from physical things, you know, it, it's become kind of glamorized. But, you know, to box—if you want to be, you want to hit somebody in the head—you have to be willing to take one, you know. So I mean that that's not very glamorous. And, and
0: well, that's so, the thing that you you know, in talking to you and about your stories with with violence and people who were kind of out of line, you've always been uh, calm with people. You know, like oh yeah, you know, I, let's be I, I nice to, to people.
1: <clears throat> Bill Graham and, and uh, Barry Fay, the promoters, they saw my cousins and my brother saw us fighting in 1968 at Golden Gloves and hired us to work with bands. And, So 99 out of 100 times, if I could talk to somebody, uh, go up and say, look, man, you know, come on, calm calm down, you know. I'll go get a copy have breakfast on the county. If you talk to him, look, you could take me, you know, but I'll go get a cop and two other bouncers and you can't take all of us and you'll go to jail. And, you know, we'll have to thump you in front of your girlfriend, you know, and and you're not going to like it, you know. I get paid the same whether we trash you or not, you know. So, you know, stop being naughty and sit down, you know you know be a gentleman 99 out of 100 times you could do it <clears throat> but you know there's always somebody tougher we i went with the denver police i fought with them they always needed a heavyweight and so we fought the bermuda policeman and so the bermuda bermuda in yeah in the in caribbean the, yeah so we went down and it was a, their their heavyweight was a ringer we didn't know how old were you then yeah maybe 20 21 and, and so so uh do you mind saying how old you are now no, no. I, mean, you, how old? I don't either. No, I'm 62, you know. Yeah. I'm 62, you know, and, and, and I w- would have been 63, but I was sick of you. <laughs> you,
0: know? or you say, yeah, you I, get that year back. I'm, I feel si- like that's yeah, fair. Fair I'm, is fair. I'm, again. I'm
1: 62, but I read at a 63-year-old level. <laughs> yeah. You know? But but so, yeah, you're how old you are, you know, and, and so we're so youth crazy. But, but other cultures, you know, they revere older people. You know, you get to know, you know, you're the... You, you have a little more knowledge but anyway we went, we went to Bermuda in this. and at that time you, you you were young you were 20 yeah 20 you know you think you know, you're know you indestructible so I'm going to fight this guy my brother's my cut man everything's cool we're in the Caribbean you know and it's nice and so uh, I go this guy man he's from the Bongo Congo he can't know how to fight and we didn't realize and what's cut man mean oh we, um, you, you gotta have a, a metal bar that's that's uh, uh, put in into uh Ice or dry ice that 's really cold, and it, you put it on cuts and and it just shrinks the blood vessels or you use uh, uh, neosinephrine or uh, you know if you 've got a bloody nose shoot it up your nose and shrink the vessels you know, yeah, so, yeah. You can so we, my brother's a good cut man he can work fast and and so uh, so and you don't think these guys are going to be We're any match nothing. for you? And this guy, we didn't realize it, had won a bronze medal in the Olympics. This this guy I'm fighting, so he was about six seven, this giant black guy, and and uh, he was this beautiful color. I remember that, you know how you look at uh, you know being white and pasty and Irish, and look at some of these black people, uh, you know they're beautiful, you know, and and they're, they're, it's a this guy, he was a gorgeous skin color, and uh, he looked like a big spider. He was 6'7", and he, he weighed about, you know, only 200 pounds, and he was all angles, you know. And he knocked me out in the, in the first round, you know. He knocked me out in the first round. And uh, um, he, he uh, my brother picked me up and put me on the bench, you know. And, and, uh, and so I, uh, I go, I know what he's doing, and I'll get him in the next round. And my brother goes, no, champ, it's over. Tell me you're alive, you know. (laughs) He thought thought, thought this guy had totally... You know, it was 10 seconds taken out of my life where you just don't even remember it. Wow. So... That was Chuck Roy picking up his coat.
0: What? The manager's got to catch light rail. Oh, the manager's got to catch the light rail, so we're going to be thrown out of here pretty soon. I can tell him what to do. Do you want time? Just five
1: minutes so the yeah, yeah. so we we talk too much science and not enough comedy.
0: no, I know, but this is not going to be the last time that you and I talk to each other.
1: It's not the first time no, no, that's for sure. We talk too much science tonight though, but but I'm optimistic about things, I really do, I think you know with with conservation stuff. You know, I, I'm on the board of directors of the Denver Zoo and, and I've done some stuff for them in the North American Veterinary you know, Conference and then also the Smithsonian now. And, and so some of the stuff that they're doing is fantastic. And in conservation work, you know, our our, our failures, are, you know, our, our successes are temporary, but our failures are permanent. When something disappears, it's gone, you know. And, and you know, we, we, don't, we don't want this sameness, you know. It used to be when we were little... You went to different parts of the United States, and there were different areas. Oh, you know, it's so a piggly wiggly here different well, restaurants, and now now you can get Cajun food in in Denver. You know, and and so, but that's the same thing with animals. You know, I mean, just weeds and cockroaches and, and different things, and, and some of the things that were that you really wanted to see.
0: Well, that may be the end game of uh, of the human dominance of the planet. I mean I I sort of feel like something's going to happen and whether it's uh, whether it's viruses or we've eliminated so many species that we can't survive at the at the level that we've you know the, you, you talk about the bees yeah. what about the bees well, you know I, I, I mean keep eventually
1: bees. yeah I got 10 hives you know I I keep bees and so I love honey you know it's a perfect food you know it's, it's uh, you know, manufactured by nature and, and harvested by insects you know so it's great yeah. and, and honey's good for you. you know and, and uh, the, the bees uh, you know the problem with the bees is, is now we know you know they, they thought it was it, the problem with extinctions is people look for a smoking gun usually it's not one thing it's multiple things yeah it's a slow thing yeah that are happening so but but uh no, I, I think, you know, that, that, you know, there's there's good things happening. And, and, and you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, time will tell. But I think people are hipper. The challenge right now for this generation and the next generation is going to be to try and uh, maintain a standard of living for people without destroying the place. You
0: know? Well, I, uh, yeah, I hate to be a cynic or... Or skeptical, but I, I sometimes I feel like look the, the amount of people that are going to be able, that that you need to wake up to the problem in order to turn the turn the ship around. Yeah. it's it's not going to happen. And really, what's going to we're going to we're headed towards some kind of crisis that is going to correct.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I believe that. But I also believe people are resilient, and I think that you know we were given. Two big gifts we're given: this wonderful biodiversity, of all these different planet, you know, the different animals on this planet. But we're given our intellect, you know. Yeah. And and I think that you know I, I think people will, uh, you know, be able to rise to the challenge. I hope so. I, mean, I hope so, so, I, I so too. Won't, I won't be around.
0: You know, well, I mean, one of the one of the great things to me about being a person is the connections that you can have with other people and the interesting people that you can meet and talk to. And, Look and at our
1: comedy friends. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. And, and, exactly. And so uh, I, we're going to probably get thrown out of here. And uh, we'll do this again. Someday. Yeah, I'll look forward to talking to you again. But what do you think is the most hopeful thing uh, that you can point a finger at in terms of in terms of global climate crisis, species extinction? What What do you think? What would you say to people who are really concerned and really worried? Like my wife, who's really upset. <clears throat> because sometimes it feels like we're all on Easter Island and we're just going to burn out. We're going to exhaust our natural resources and just be done. You
1: no, know, I think the biggest hopeful thing I could tell you is children. You know, when I go to schools and stuff and do career days or go and show my polar bear films, you know, the, you know, the kids are hip, more hip to recycling and to... The, the things that we were, you know, much, much, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, I think that, that they get it, you know, and it's going to be on to them, you know, they're not going to thank us for, for our part of it, but, but, uh, you know, I think that, I think there's a lot of hope and there's, there, it just takes a few dedicated people to turn things around, you know, and, and, uh, there, there's more and more of us all the time. You know, people that realize that, you know, we're going to have to change our, our lifestyle. You know, it, maybe not even so much all the time, but we're going to have to be hipper about things. There's One great thing is uh, the Denver Zoo has 44 buildings. You've been there with yeah, yeah. Penny, our friend. And all the buildings are run on the feces of the uh, 4,700 animals that are there. And so, you know... Oh, they do like a biodigester thing? Yeah, yeah, they, they turn them into these uh, dehydrated um, poop pellets and then they burn it in these things and then uh, it reburns the smoke even so there's no exhaust and then it can even store it, store the energy too. And, and so, you know, imagine a city the size of Denver, if, you know, the feces in a day, you know, and the waste of the product, you know, if we could put it to some use. And I think you'll see things like that. So I think we, as people, never do things until it brinksmanship, you know, we get right to the brink of. oh, God, we're going to have to do something. And something comes up, you know, and I, I keep thinking that will happen.
0: I hope so. I hope so.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, we've got, we got too much skin in the game, you know. We've got too much investment. Worst case scenario,
0: we're on top of a a rooftop and a buzzard is devouring us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're back in the food chamber. Well, it's always good to see you, Jake. I wish I would, we would have talked more comedy. I'm doing better i, I mean, kicking
0: ass. Oh, Kev, you're one of there. my favorite guys to watch perform on stage. And if anybody out there is on their way to Denver or anywhere else in the country because you do these private shows, if every, if anyone gets a chance to see uh, you, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, you're a doctor.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a Libra. <laughs> and a Libra. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what I,
0: I Tell me a couple of... Uh, I feel like you dodged this question earlier because I'm a Leo and Leo's, you know, we're... We're yeah, the lion. Yeah, we're the lion. We're sort of, we dominate this zodiac in, in terms of me. You know, how I would describe our sign. We're the best. But if you had to if you had to say, look, I'm a Libra, and this is what we do, what would you say?
1: Screw up relationships. <laughs> you know, that's, not so good with girls. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm 62. I don't know anymore about them now. i I'm, I'm, I'm dating this young girl. You know, I, I don't know if that's right. She's pregnant with my next girlfriend. No.
0: No. I I, I'm so worried that people are going to take that seriously. <laughs> no,
1: no she's not. That, that's not. That's a joke. That's a bad joke. You know, yeah. that was somebody said that. It's not even my joke. It's somebody said that about Woody Allen, right? That, You know, someone leaves pregnant, he's pregnant with his next wife. You know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Which wasn't very nice. I mean, you know, the guy's a genius. I love Woody Allen. Well, I'm so
0: sorry that you don't have children because I would, I, I think people are it's it's not lucky for them that they're not getting to hang out with you but if they want to come see you do you have a website
1: yeah kevin fitzgerald dr kevin mm-hmm. yeah and i'm selling uh, little stickers on my head okay. oh right the mustache yeah yeah, yeah. and and uh, because people find uh my features very pleasing in miniature <laughs> and then those are being sold for a buck for the World Wildlife Federation. And uh, we were selling too, for uh, Polar Bears International. But, yeah, there's a lot people can do. There's a lot people can do. You know, they can donate. They can volunteer. They can get involved with things in their own neighborhood. You can act locally. You can act nationally. You can act globally. There's, there's, people just need to get up off the couch. Yeah. Involved. People bitch about things but don't do anything, you know. So it's time to do something. It's you know, it's time to, to you know uh, stand up and be counted.
0: Awesome. So I can't wait to see you the next time I come to Denver. We'll talk some more about the things that you want to talk about. And
1: uh, yeah, I'm afraid that it's gonna be boring for people, but you know, we'll see. I don't think so. All right, buddy. Thanks a million for having me. Thanks, Kev.
0: I don't know what else you want, ladies and gentlemen. You got uh, evolutionary turtle talk. You got penguins and rats uh, at war in the Antarctic. You got a little bit of zombie rabies talk. And we have two nice men right here in your ears for a little while. Anyway, Kevin's a nice man. I, I, th- I like to think of myself as a nice man. I hope you think of me as a nice man. I think, you, uh, I think of you as a nice lady. That's just how I picture you. And uh, nothing personal. If you're a nice man or if you're an angry man, hey, don't forget, if you're on the treadmill, crank it up. Um, well, it's quick in and out. Under an hour this week, I'm trying to give you a break. <laughs> trying to give you a little bit of a break this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later, as I always say. And uh, give yourself a big kiss from me. Talk to you next week. That's pretty Well, it seems heavy sometimes, but... Do you edit it, or would you...? Yeah, yeah, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it, and I'll, uh, you know...
1: And do you get feedback about it? Sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes. I think this is one of the few episodes that my wife might actually listen to.